It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour as part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Brought to you today by the Pearl Wine Company at 3700 Orleans Avenue and the American Can Company. They're open every day from noon till midnight, except Sundays when they're open from noon till 8 p.m. And by Petite Pet Care, dog walking and pet setting, loving care when you're not there. For more information, you can find out about Petite Pet Care at petitepetcare.com or 309 pet and also, if you're an iPhone user, check out the podcast app, Swell. It's new, it's fabulous, it's the Pandora of podcasting, and you can find us on there as well. If you haven't seen it yet, go find it. It's called the Swell app. Hey, when you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you, especially if you look around this table here. <laughs> what you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, in this case, we're at Castle Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City. Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard has been tagged for it with given a million dollars by the city to be revamped. These wow. 10 blocks that we're sitting in, so... I Come on down. You won't awesome. recognize it in about mm, 25 years, probably. That's one because this used to be this was Dryads, right? Mm. And it was very, very popular back in the day. It was. This was actually Dryad Street that was that mm-hmm. they changed the name so. to Aretha yeah. Castle Haley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a civil rights uh, activist back in the uh, 50s. Dryads and 60s. was or Aretha Castle Haley. Well, Dryads was Greek, but um, Dryads Greek, was Greek. Yeah, I believe so. Yes, but uh, Aretha Castle Haley. Who, was, well, who, well, who was Dryads? Well, Dryads, Naiads, and all that. These were the nymphs, I believe. Yeah. Britannia is also one of the nymphs. It was a nymph. Creature. Yeah. Water, okay. n- water nymphs. Hmm. What, they, what yeah. do they do, water nymphs? Do you happen to know that? Something aquatic. They, s- <laughs> they swim. Hence the word water or it's nymph. The private yeah. pool party that we're not invited right. to. These guys are all right. So Let me introduce you to our guests here. <laughs> Paige Bernhardt and Nancy Lee Meyer are sitting across from me. They are screenwriters Hello. who live in New Orleans but whose work is seen around the world. Nancy Lee is an Emmy-nominated screenwriter who started out working on the hit series Night Court. You can't be that old, Emmy winning. Oh, my she God. She actually won one of those things. <laughs> Which, really? You won an Emmy? Yeah. Not nominated, Emmy winning. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. let me start that again. Nancy <laughs> Lee is an Emmy-winning screenwriter. What did you win an Emmy for? Well, I just brought it with me. Let me pull it. You have it? <laughs> Come on. Get it out. I'd never leave home without it. I actually won it for an animated show, uh, a Disney show called Teacher's Pet. Really? And, uh, yeah, kid show. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. How long ago was that? 100 years? Uh, about. 100. About 100 years ago. Yeah. No, Teachers it was uh, 2001, I believe. Oh, that's not that long ago. Yeah. Well, that must be a great feeling to you know, win an Emmy. That I'll tell you, it's a great feeling people. for everybody who walks in the house and wants their picture taken with it. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's yeah. the main thing? That's the thing. Yeah, you must have been crazy. excited the night you won an Emmy. That you know what? I actually big. didn't go to the Emmys that night. Oh, I, I, I Now, well, let me finish. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I had uh, the show had wrapped. We were not working at that point in time, which is usually the case. You right. know, you you put Most it out, especially with animation, it happens way way in advance, and mm. then later it shows up. Uh, I had an opportunity to go home and see my parents, who lived in Oklahoma. I was in California at the time, and uh, it was important for me to be with them that night. So I was there, and uh, we'd gone out to one of their favorite restaurants, and they had a bunch of friends around. So they basically threw an Emmy party for me. And it was kind of great because I called my agent and uh, I said, well, did I get it? And he said, yeah, you got one. And so they threw a big party for me and I could not have been in a better place. Well, that is a very touching little story, I must say. Are your parents still with us? They're not. So uh, So that that makes it even more special. Now you have a great memory. 
Wow. Well, congratulations. Thanks. It's a really nice story. Can I, I'll finish reading with this little paragraph. It makes me sound you. so nice. Okay, let me get the cocktails it really rolling does. here, and then things I'm will sure shake that, up a little you, bit. Did you write that, or did that really happen? <laughs> it did happen. <laughs> it actually happened. Exactly wow. that Nancy way. Nancy also wrote and produced Living Single, for which she won an NAACP award. Hey, well, that's wild. And, and has a list of impressive credits, too numerous to list here. Nancy Lee's most recent work is a team pilot for the ABC network called Cupidity which she's created with Rolf Macchio. Yeah, the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. How'd you meet the Karate Kid? Uh, I'm never going to get through these introductions. You guys don't <laughs> mind just drinking. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, uh, writing and directing and producing a show that Paige was also writing and producing on called South of Nowhere, which was a little groundbreaking show on one of the uh, Nickelodeon networks, MTV networks. And uh, Ralph was going to direct one of the episodes. So he came down to the set, which was actually being shot at a uh, youth facility, uh, correctional facility. Yeah, a in, decommissioned. Yeah, in out Whittier. in Whittier, California. It was Fred terrible. It was, really, we went to work oh, was at awful. a prison every day. It was yeah. crazy. Uh, quite and they literally. didn't mow anything. It was just all buggy and crazy. And it was, that's the show, behind the show, actually. So he came down to the set to, uh, to sort of walk around and meet everybody and, and meet me, and we just really sort of hit it off. We, uh, we just sort of had the same sort of experience and the way that we wanted to tell young adult shows and he had been raised in front of the camera he's the most perfect person to you know uh, direct and and co-write and uh and he looks like a teen idol in real life he just really he looks the same i don't know what deal he's made with the devil but he looks awesome he's not 75 (laughs) what happens when you hang out with a karate kid does everybody (laughs) want to talk to him and they do Uh well they do he gets a lot of people doing the crane when he walks by and there are a lot of like wax on man yelling at him from the curb and stuff sweep the leg johnny that's right see you're the guy right there i'm that guy and every once in a while they think he's somebody else scott bayo scott bayo or somebody like yeah. that. But anyway, uh, yes, no, he's famous, but you don't know where you know him that's from. That's right. Uh-huh. But anyway, he, we turned out to be great partners. We sold uh, uh, three pilots together, ultimately. And this one uh, did not get made, we found out. But uh, I think Ralph and I will find something else to do. He's terrific. Well, you should, has he come to visit you down here? He has not, not and he should. We need to drag him down because he'd be a good guest on Happy his, Hour. I know. Karate kid. You'd love him. He can stay yeah. at my house. Back on. He's, you'd love yeah. him. He's awesome. We're trying to get his kid really to nice go guy. to Tulane, so that might change the <laughs> He's got a kid old enough to go to Tulane. He does. Oh, yeah. Named Daniel. Daniel son. Daniel son. <laughs> really nice family. <laughs> okay. Not kidding. I'm glad well. you told us that. Paige is back as well. Paige Bernhardt is making a brave return to Happy Hour after her previous appearance with comedian Tony Clifton, which went much better than we expected. Yes. He wasn't mean to you at all. I thought he was going to rip you into little pieces, but he was super so nice, too. actually. He was super nice. Yes. Paige has got an equally show. bunch of impressive-looking TV writing credits, including comedies, Two Guys and a Girl, Yes, Dear, and what about Joan with Joan Cusack, as well as, of course, the South of Nowhere. cult hit that we are just talking about, South, yep. South of Nowhere. Now, together, together, listen to this. Paige and Nancy Lee are the creators of Nikki and Nora, a web TV series about lesbian cops that started out as a pilot for network TV. When the network decided it was too hot for their primetime audience, the show got leaked onto the internet, where it has become the most watched non-transmitted TV pilot in history ever. It's nuts. The, so- the show's huge following of fans have raised enough cash on Indiegogo to turn it into a web series called The N and N Files, yep. which the first episode's come out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on episode five right now. Five. Oh, five. okay. So it's rock. Seven. And what's seven. it on? It's on this, like, Tello TV or something. Uh, com. Tello Films, which is like hello with a T. Exactly. T-E-L-O. And yes. it's, or Jello. Is it on that OML thing you told us yes. about last? Yes, one, one more lesbian. One more lesbian.com. We one. just need one more. One more lesbian.com. <laughs> Two and, more. And like the TV the cops, Nikki and Nora, Nancy Lee and Paige are a couple themselves, and they got married in California 
at the end of we 2013. Did. We did. Nice yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank We've got a lot to talk you. about just from this little page of information alone. Well, I feel like our, our turn's done. We need to I'm, I'm feeling really unaccomplished on this uh, side of the <laughs> table. Are you guys legally married in Louisiana? We'll get onto that in a minute. We're gonna, we'll, we'll discuss that later. We'll talk politics we'll right now it, because yeah. Drew Ward is with us. Hello, Drew. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, wonderful. I have a cocktail. There you go. <laughs> right. Drew Ward is a linguist, a writer, an editor, a language education consultant, and a corporate trainer. He's also the great, great, great grandson of the first elected Republican governor of Louisiana, James Madison Wells. How about that? Knew that, which may prove there is such a thing as political genetics because Drew is the lone Republican candidate in the upcoming city council race. Drew is running for city council district A on a platform that will ensure his success. When elected, Drew Ward promises to cut your taxes and utility bills in half. Dude. Are you, are you I, do you really? You I, I'm more thinking that my, my marketing guy wrote that. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's what it, is, that, is that not true? Are you going to tell me that's oh, no, not it, true? Oh, no, it's true, actually, yeah. You're going to do that? Yeah. Okay, I don't care. I don't care if you win or lose. I just yeah. want you to tell me how am I going to cut my. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty pretty my, straightforward. When you say tax, you mean property tax. Well, New Orleans and um, I think maybe New York City are the only two cities in the uh, country that regulate their own utilities. Normally, in most states, and here in Louisiana, you have the Public Service Commission. Mm -hmm. It's an elected body that's sole regulatory authority over electricity, phone, sometimes railroads, things like that. In New Orleans, though, it's a little bit different, like everything else in New Orleans. So the city council is your regulatory authority. And. Unfortunately, while they do have the potential to really work with companies to make sure we have the lowest utility rates possible for our residents, we do have fairly low rates compared to most people in the country, but not in contrast to our income levels here. They use it instead as a revenue stream. So that the city is making money on they are making on money. my energy bill? They're making money on everybody's hey. energy bill. Good and to know. Um, it's quite a bit actually. When you add up um, the How much is the city getting out of what percentage of my energy bill is going to the city's coffee? A good amount. The, uh, the, okay, the, the core franchise fee agreement with the with Entergy the they have reads that Entergy will pay the city of New Orleans 5% of their revenues in exchange for, quote, the rights and privileges to use the roadways and bridges of Orleans Parish. So in other words, when you 5%. see a car riding around here that says Entergy on it, we're paying for that to be on there. Um, it, it all equates when you add Entergy, Cox, AT&T all together. Add in your consulting fees, your lawyer fees, your taxes and service charges, they get on top of that as well. These are all things beyond and above the cost of producing the utilities, delivering them to you, providing service and all that. You're looking at about $100 million a year. It, it varies, of course, depending on how profitable things are, but about $100 million a year on average, about 8% of the city's operating budget. And that equates down uh, when you divide it by, with energy, it's 165,000 rate pairs. So it gets down a pretty good amount when you add all this stuff together. Things like the sewage water board, all that together, and all the extra here, we're talking three to five hundred dollars a month for most households. So that's per household, per small wow. business. Obviously, the bigger your business, the more. But the bad part is because it's divided per account. There's no filter for whether you're wealthy, whether you're poor, whether you use more, use less. So this, if anybody's ever had a double and you combine meters together, it's that hundred bucks you save when you combine a meter on electricity, or the fifty when you combine right. the gas together, and all that. Are you saying there's only 165,000 people paying well, energy bills and 165,000 uh, rate payers it costs. So that's uh, that's, that's a rate account. Well, that's a person who's got an account with energy. Exactly. There's so only 165,000 people. Yeah. And we're generating the 165,000 of us. How many of you got a electricity? You got a shared electricity bill. You guys yeah. live together. Yeah. You've got one. You've got one. Douglas, our photographer. You've got an electricity bill. Okay. <laughs> Chris has got one. There was like how many people? Six. There's a couple of people over here. Hugo's yeah. probably got a couple of meters. <laughs> That's about ten in. people here. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So there's only another hundred and something thousand. Yeah. And you, you figure and also when... And we're paying a hundred million dollars? Yeah, no, that's all of them combined together to different utilities, but yeah. I'm paying three to five hundred dollars a month to the city through Entergy. Are you serious? Well, you're why, paying why are you the first person yeah. to have come up with this figure? And why do our streets look like such crap? <laughs> well, why don't we have enough cops? <laughs> Actually, the streets yeah. look like crap because of environmental reasons, but mm. that have to do with the way we built things. I can right. tell you that a little bit later, but as far as the money goes... That's only half of it. There's, that's three to five. Okay, we'll get to the other half in a yeah. minute. Hold on to that because I want to introduce Reed as well. Yeah. <laughs> Reed Stone is here. Reed was a candidate for District A for the same seat that you're running for, actually, Drew, but he withdrew to support Drew Ward. Hey, what a, know, and now scary, you guys right? are working together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reed is CEO and chief strategist for Hero Farm, a socially conscious marketing and design agency whose slogan is do great work for good people. Yep. Have nice. you found any good people? Uh, occasionally. Occasionally we find a few. It would be awesome so. if you found a good person. You could tell us who that is maybe <laughs> a little Get later on in the show. show. Write them a letter. That is, so, so you're working with Drew now. Working with Drew. So you yeah. wrote this stuff that he didn't even know I, that I, I did, had and I noticed like, how job. much bigger his bio is than mine, and I'm <laughs> kind of feeling a little jealous here. <laughs> well, well, you want to you add anything to it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but, you can add one more. Can, look, can the writers do it, though? Yeah, have the have <laughs> Emmy, Emmy-winning screenwriters can write it for you. Chris Lee, the musician, is going to be here in just a little while. He's coming from a photo shoot. Andrew Duhon is at the Grammys still, hoping that his album, The Moorings, which is nominated for a Grammy, is going to win one. Oh, wow. If you, whether it wins or not, That's it's an awesome energy. album. It's called The Moorings by Andrew Duhon. Go check it out at andrewduhon.com. And now, good news, I have a bottle of wine for you all. Check this out. So who's going to pour the, Who knows something about wine around here? Reed, you look like a man with a... Paige does. No, Paige, I you're a wine person? Much. I don't know anything about you know Macedonian. You know how to pour it? Sure. Okay, we we'll pour that. that, and I'm going to tell you where it comes from and what it is. The Pearl Wine Company gave us this bottle of wine today. Pearl Wine Company is at 3700 Orleans Avenue in the American Can Company building. I told you this, that they're open from noon till midnight every day, and on Sundays they're open from noon till 8. They've got the largest selection of small production wine, beer, and liquor in New Orleans. They've got this hand-picked selection of stuff that you can go in and buy. Have you guys been in there? Not it's yet. a great no. place. Where it's is not it? Tell me where it is again. It's in the American Can Company in Mid-City. Right. Oh, yeah. It's really great. They have a, you can go in there and have a drink or listen to music. They have cool music most nights. And they also have like a basically a store where you can go, you know, mm. buy wine and... I and hear stores sell stuff. things often. What's that? <laughs> oh, stores, I hear they sell things they often. Do, well, uh, hopefully they yeah. do. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right about I think it's you're onto something there. Commerce. So they could all just give us 9% commerce? of everything they sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to find uh, a great bunch of stuff there and go tell them that you, you heard it here on, uh, on Happy Hour and they'll give you $1,000 off. Whatever you buy. This is Macedonian wine. Is this, this wine is called Tikves, T-I-K-V-E-S. It's a beautiful red from Macedonia. That's fruit forward and has an earthy finish. See if you agree with me. Try this. See what you think of it. I know a lot of guys who are fruit forward. It's made by, <laughs> <laughs> it's made by two so famous I. winemakers from France, and the retail price is only get. Okay, tell me what you think you'd pay for this wine. Honestly. See what you think. Drew, you look like a serious wine aficionado. It, it's, it, it's good, actually. Um, when I was living in Europe, actually, Macedonian and Bulgarian wines were getting big, the big thing over there. And, of course, the price point's really low, but the quality is really good, too. And this is... Um, just a good drinking wine, a good table wine, and um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure, but it, these wines like this, they can be anywhere from ten dollars to twenty dollars, but even lower sometimes. And, and the thing is that it's all about the flavor. Right? So what do you're you not think? Paying for it, Paige. What do you think? Uh, you like the, it? Uh, the the bouquet is really amazing. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it it smells like it's very rich. It's fruit for it. Yes, I, I'm digging it. Nancy, like you like, really like it? Got a little little spice going there. It's I'm, good. I'm going to go with $24.99. $24.99. Okay. We were supposed to get. Yeah. This is from the How much m- marketing specialist. 
How much are they paying us? We'd we'll have to ask Lisa, our salesperson. I'm going to say, say less than that. I'm going to say seventeen ninety nine. Seventeen ninety nine. Okay, Nancy, uh, you're I'm, the last I'm going call. less. I'm going uh, twelve ninety five. Yeah. Not because oh, of its taste. That's where I would want it too. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Twelve dollars forty nine. It's a twelve dollar bottle of wine that tastes tastes like a twenty five. Yeah. Well, it's going to it's going to go up. You see, I'm that's figuring it, this it. is where uh, you this know we're we're setting the price This is where that marketing psychology comes in. I set the anchor price, and then oh, what a deal! What a value! This is phenomenal. Well, you're the marketer. You know that. You're looking over my shoulder. And saw the real price. <laughs> <here. laughs> uh, so there you go. It's one of those thanks. dangerous wines, though, because it's so um, it, it's so free flowing as you drink it that you can <laughs> you can knock a whole bottle of that off. <laughs> Pretty no much. Trouble. Well, yeah. we have Alcohol. plenty of it to so help How yourself. How long is this show again? <laughs> well, we can sit there as long as it takes to drink the whole case. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh-huh. Thank you very much to the Pearl Wine Company and the American Can Company building for supplying us with this. Okay, so where am I going to start? Should we go back to politics? Or yeah, go to politics. Let's go to politics, Wait, and then we'll get back to lesbian that. politics. Matt, before we get to politics, yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, I've got a question rather, here. You'd rather talk about lesbians. Well, kind of all together, because I I, just because of this background here, <laughs> yeah. I've just got to know the opinion on an idea. Reno 911, but with French Quarter and Mississippi gays. I can just see the, the trashiness of it right there. Traffic training school. You're pitching school. a show right yeah. now. Yeah, I think I just did. You know, Tra- that's actually, it. Traffic that's training school. Actually, yeah. we're buds with uh, yeah. the guy that played Junior with uh, Ben Garrett. Oh, he's such a real good friend yeah. of ours. Directed an episode. Really this is New Orleans. Yeah. We could have Miss Ashley's traffic training school. Oh, you know, man. we could have um, you know cops, but in Northern Mississippi, <laughs> turtlenecks. It's, uh, you know I what? See it. We'll uh, we'll give uh, yeah. Ben a call. See okay. what he has to say. How <laughs> often do people hit you up with ideas when uh, they find e- out that e- you're every time we tell them we're writers? Every time. Well, but usually I don't it goes do something when I travel like this. Anymore. It's like I've got a great idea. It's it's a taxi driver who says I got a great idea for a show. It's in a taxi company. Uh, actually, that was a great idea. <laughs> that was right. You're right. Yeah. It was. Or you know, you're you, you just can't tell anyone, especially on a long flight. It's really dangerous oh, that's because not a good idea. everybody's yeah. workplace right. is a comedy, or everybody's the comedy. And I'm not saying they, there to isn't, but go do it. Yep. Right. Well, you know, then, but no one's a screenwriter. I mean, they're not screenwriters. It would be like I've got a great idea to you know to design su- a chair. And as soon as you engage in this conversation, they want to know how they're going to you know how be the producer on it, yeah, and how they're right. going to be a part of it. And you well, know, have you ever heard one good idea in your whole life from someone? I've else? heard lots of great oh, ideas. Sure. I mean, from Amazing. some str- yeah. from someone you don't know. Oh, absolutely. Really? And yeah. have you stolen them and made them into successes? No. <laughs> No, absolutely. What not. do you do? You just say, "Okay, I'm sorry, I can't do anything with that." Even I mean, though it's the best idea I've ever you know, heard. And actually, there's kind of very few absolutely unique ideas. There's right. always sort of a right. version of it out there, or something that has already sort of been yeah. in your on your plate. And it's, but you it's do, never as a writer, when unique. you're a professional writer, you do uh, protect yourself against that. If you have a show going, like like actually we do now, and you have people who want to send you ideas for your show. You have to either not read them at all, or even fan fiction. In yeah, our we case, we don't read fan fiction. Mm. Or you at have all. them sign a release, which is just a big pain in the butt. So usually, it's just you don't read. We them don't at read all. unsolicited material at all. How can you, so in case somebody sues you and says, "Hey, I came up right. with that idea," and you That's put exactly it in, right. you put yeah. it in your yeah, we, read, we register too. everything we write yeah. through the Writers Guild, which anybody can. Anybody right. or copyright. If you're anybody not a if you're not a Writers Guild member, you can go to the Writers Guild. WGA.org. Yep. Yeah. And register it right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. It cost you like what, 20 bucks or something. What are you guys working on? This is that you're talking about the NNN files you're working on now. Yeah, Nikki and Nora. Nikki we and actually Nora. got the what? original title back. Oh, you so did. We are so now Nikki it's called Nikki and Nora. N I K K I. Ampersand Nora. Yeah, and it was originally supposed to be the homage to the Nick and Nora Thin mm. Man movies, you know, which was a couple living in Manhattan and they were solving crimes and they were going from bar to bar and they were having cocktails and they were living large and it was a little, you know, light. <laughs> 
mystery show, mm -hmm. which we all grew up on a lot of those shows. Castle, I think, is a good example of one that's on the air right but now. But back which in is the great. day, Heart to Heart, yeah, and, you know, well, fun stuff. stuff like that. Is, is it set here? Or it is set yeah. here, oh, and wow. it was originally, the original pilot was shot here in 2004. Wow. And um, the network that it was a Warner Brothers, CBS, UPN show, and uh, it had been written like the version we're doing now, but they wanted their version of a hard cop show, so we turned them into New Orleans Cops. The show got a little darker. It didn't get picked up, but the um, then a page told the story. I think last time she was here, the yeah, and it didn't get picked up. I think because of of the lesbian premise, because in in '04 the climate was a little bit more uh, conservative. W with, was in with office. W in office, right. and the FCC was like the Janet Jackson year where where mm. that. Uh, wardrobe malfunction. That's yes. right. And Coming Howard up on the ten-year anniversary. Yeah, that's right. Random fact over there. No, that's exactly oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And Howard Stern was acting up, so a lot again. of fines were being paid, and it was just a tough time, especially they for ready CBS. To take mm -hmm. They that, had taken a lot of hits point. that right. year. Yeah. So, but it leaked. It, well, yeah. What happened when um, uh, Les Moonves, who was the and still is um, the president of CBS, uh, he called and said, if uh, W gets reelected. We're not going to pick up your show. And he, he said really the climate, and, and it was show. one of his favorite shows. And Good I believe show. that he loved the mm -hmm. actresses yeah. that were in it. He was really rooting for the show. Again, it's all advertiser based. If you're talking about um, network television, couldn't you have assassinated W? <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. We didn't really? think of that. Have weapons? No. But it. literally the day after he got elected, I got the call and he said, we can't pick up your show. Yeah. And I am I was mentored by Norman Lear early in my career. And he always said, you know, if they're hating you, they're watching you. That's right. Right. And that controversy is the time you want to mm -hmm. sort of spring on that. So it was a little disappointing for us. But he said, you know, go with, go with God. And if you want to try to set it up somewhere else. So we pressed DVDs and our reps and Warner Brothers sent them out to other networks and studios and it did not get picked yeah. up and then but somebody somebody started somebody's assistant leaking it took and that looking dvd at and went hmm and put it up on put it uh, up on youtube on and the internet it, yeah and it spawned tens of thousands of pages of fan fiction where, oh where people gosh. were writing yeah. about this couple because you never saw that on network television and wow. then through our other stuff that we did three-way and and cowgirl up and stuff like that we would get these fans saying well what about nikki and nora they're like well that was back in 04 we're not gonna do it again do it again we're like okay but but these these past few years when um, crowdfunding became a possibility we we said well the actresses are in we're in we're here in New Orleans why don't we do it you know so and we you held know, time had passed too and all the rights sort of came back to me so I didn't right. you know we didn't have any of but those it's so good issues. actually I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right here and you know I'm half drunk but <laughs> it, it really I'll take that it really is it, it really is good right. I mean it's really well shot it's well acted yeah, we're really proud and of the writing is obviously you. good you're an Emmy Thank winning you. screenwriter that for God's sake doesn't mean anything you know no. that it doesn't right? mean crap <laughs> but, it's, it's <laughs> but, but it really the shows I mean you wouldn't know just because it's online it's on right. the web only it's not on TV it's better than stuff you see on television I mean it's shot really Thank you. how so did you I think you'll dig it first of all it's a love letter to New Orleans too I mean we just it's two chicks who kicking ass yeah they're they're what hot and they're yeah, running yeah down they're the very hot. Solve the crimes, right. man. Yeah. What do you what do you want? Yeah, they're hot. Really they solve anything. Really. Yeah, coming coming back all these years later with it, with yeah, YouTube, the internet, and crowdfunding, it, it it really is almost a, a true on demand because Absolutely. it's going to only get made if there's demand for it, yep. and that right. people now don't have that filter and they can go in and mm. really express, you know, hey, we want this. Can you do this? Okay, oh, sure. But yeah, I mean, they it's, can it's demand. Yeah. I mean, with network television, you can write a letter to your network which won't, probably won't get read. I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but there's It'll no direct way. It'll get read by it's somebody. It's the network that she's not going to work for well, again. Well, you can't so. go out and... <laughs> the other one, she's but cool. Yeah, to be named. <laughs> exactly. But you can't go out and buy more 
P&G products mm -hmm. to get them to put your show on the air. It's right. not direct like that. There's a whole right. big giant system in place. And the way it is now, it's becoming more and more direct. People actually have a voice and they can go, you know what, I'm going to give $5. I'm going to give 500 I'm going to give 5000 because I want to get my content on the air. I like what you people hey, are doing. How are people finding it? I mean, when you watch TV, you turn it on and you go, okay, that sucks. Right. I'm, I'm, and then you watch it anyway. But on this system, how are you, getting, how are you finding your audience? Uh, through viral media, really. Um, through Twitter, through... Um, through the through fans that kept it alive. The fans right. that so it's just word of mouth. You don't have a marketing... It's the family guy. Well, um, yeah, the Telefilms has their own PR and marketing department and they're taking But we don't have radio spots. We don't have TV spots. No, we don't spots. do that. We, we actually are, are, you know, sort of um, marketing to the people we know know how to find it that way. Um, we roll out a new episode every Sunday, uh, 11 o'clock um, Pacific time. At 11:30, after we've given everybody a chance to watch the episode, the cast and the and the crew and the writers all get online, and we do a live uh, tweet talking about the episode. Wow. And it's that's really building fun. a lot of. So really 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, in, uh, 1 a.m. Uh, 1, 1 p.m. here. Time. 1 p.m. here. Here mm -hmm. in New Orleans mm -hmm. on a Sundays, we can log on to what? On to uh, oh, you just get on your Twitter. Just get on Twitter and, and look for. And you look for at Nikki and Nora. Well, so we have to follow you on Twitter. Right. You watch the program. You watch, watch the, show. The, the episode. Right which is about 10 to 12 minutes long because we've chunked them up into um, portions. And uh, watch that at 1 o'clock. And then at 1.30, anybody from our side who's able to show up does. And we tweet about it, and it's goofing on stuff. It's stuff that people loved that they'll uh, quote, questions <laughs> that they have. And a chance you know. to talk to the actors, which I think is Yeah, yeah. Well, behind-the-scenes tidbits. You really feel like you're part of, a part of it. I, I love that because especially after, you know, the content air, the original you know the original piece of content, it's right. almost become like the review of the content has become yeah. its own show. So you look at shows yeah. like Walking Dead and it's Talking true. Dead. It's true. Absolutely true. The right. second show is just as big as the first More show. It is. After the fact, yeah. It is. Yeah. It's very meta. It's, it's interesting, too. Plus, we did um, some homages to the original episodes. So the diehards are like, you know, oh, that was from the first one. And we did yeah. that on purpose because we want to, you know, we want to give it back to those people who've been, who've been there, you know, pushing for us so the whole time. So you guys, you guys live together and write together. Yes. That must sometimes, be a pretty close. Not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. So you sometimes you go to your own room in the house and oh, write definitely. and then oh, come have lunch together. And definitely. How cool is that? What a great life. Hey, look out for the equipment. <laughs> Sorry. That's a three dollar microphone. Yeah. That's, whacking into you. That's a pretty exciting life you have. Now you're married as well. Does it feel yeah. different being married now that you got married? I think so. Yeah, it does. I I, I'm very sort of cynical about the whole idea of, or I was of marriage in general, and I didn't think it would feel different, but it did. It was really. And what so what way does it feel different? Just the people listening. Plus, for Reed's benefit. I was going to say, I'm scared to death. Yeah. What's coming? <laughs> it feels know, solid. Right? It feels there's a solidity to it. There's a there's a comfort to it. There's uh, it's it's really kind of like Irma Thomas and her. I got papers on you. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> yo, yeah. That's it. Well, it's also true. we weren't allowed to. Mm -hmm. And uh, the significance of that yeah. and the importance of that was a heavy, heavy. Well, let's for get us, on to that know? subject because the Supreme Court of the United States says that it's constitutional for you to be married. Which to is each why other. we can file our federal taxes together this year. Wow, as joint, can't file file jointly. We just can't file mm -hmm. the state taxes. Well, together. What happens in Louisiana? Are you because here, the state mm. says that you're not married, right? Correct. So, well, so well, see, what wins there? Because well, well, they have to obviously. Federally, they can't block us. We, you know, we can file jointly with the feds, and they have to. But are you that. recognized as married by the state? No, we're not. The no, no. The, the, the real not. issue here comes in it's property fall rights soon, and also um, the rights of a spouse and medical decisions, That's things right. like that. So it's it's really more the legal side of it. 
And so the, the real thing in this whole debate, especially in a state like Louisiana, or even when you were, if Louisiana recognized it and say Texas didn't, is that you can find yourself in a situation where you don't have any of the, the rights and privileges that come with a legal union that form that right. entity of marriage, kind of a corporation between people that you find in the rest of the country. And so that um, the, the more famous cases would be people, people being kicked out of their home for 30 years because, yes. well, they don't own it anymore right. when they yeah. die. And this state and just more than any other state yeah. needs to recognize marriage because yeah. the laws here are crazy about your property mm -hmm. and your life. Well, is anybody here a lawyer? Drew, are you a lawyer? No, I'm not. Well, I guess you need to know something about the law if you're going to be a politician or a legislator now. But Apparently not because, so I mean, oh, no, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Okay. Well, like, well this is a stupid question. <laughs> but doesn't the federal law supersede the state's law? It does not, no. but we're finding it doesn't. that. Uh, no, it does not. But we're finding that hmm. the states are falling right now, and you know they're falling right. in accord. You're watching. Mm -hmm. You're watching everybody sort of say, "Well, um, if we haven't um, designated a man and a woman in our, um, you know, in the laws of that state, everybody's starting to walk in and say, well, since you're not identifying as a man and woman, then you can no longer block um, same-sex marriages.' Yeah. I, and that's what's happening in states around. Yeah, the state. I've been predicting for about ten years that what's really going to end up happening eventually is if they push it too far, that if it really goes to the Supreme Court and our Supreme Court justices really you know, do hold to the we're a purist of the Constitution that if this whole marriage thing gets, gets that far, what has to go in the you know, marriage between men and women and all that, that likely what the only outcome I can see would be that the United States has to say, okay, well, you know what? Government cannot recognize any religious right so that religious marriage becomes a religious thing and that then you have civil unions, joint domicile, all the things that legal entity thing, because really there's nothing that allows us within the Constitution, especially with the you know, Establishment Clause and all that, to recognize one religious ideology over another. Right. You can recognize them all day long. But yeah. That seems to be the logical it end will, but I think it's going to happen faster than yeah, that. Yeah, I think, so. I think Utah's going to do union. it basically for us. I, I'll yeah. tell you what's going to happen. Which is ironic. The, the next time that somebody... Yeah. The next great, time, right? I know, I love that. It makes me so happy. Yeah. The next time that somebody brings Utah's the case to the Supreme Court... Prop 8 court now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but hang on a sec. I'm lost here. I thought the Supreme Court already heard this They did, and see, but that's why I think it's going to happen faster. And we actually... The Supreme Court actually gave every state in the union the actual track the policy to go in and say mm -hmm. to overturn it so i think the next time it goes to the supreme court it will yeah. everybody but it has all to be it has fall. to come from the states or yeah. else it becomes it a huge state. states right it, it's right. about the wording of the lawsuits and really the, the one in utah if it gets to the higher levels it's about equal protection and that's that's really yep. where the, the the federal stuff comes in whereas the first one that went and really kind of made the case um they were really crafty because they they put a financial case forward something with taxes and the death tax and, and yes. inheritance. Yes. Things right. Republicans couldn't argue against. The New York case, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, basically, there was no way to argue against the, the mechanism they were fighting. And you're saying this as a Republican? As a Republican, yes. Uh, as, a, as a gay Republican or a Republican who's gay, whatever. But the whole thing is that it comes to a point they knew there was no way to throw that out there and to be opposed to one side of it without being hypocritical on the other. Mm -hmm. right. So, they, they gauged it very well. So, it was something that even when you have Supreme Court justices who are less than Supreme Courty, um, <laughs> they really had to come term. down. Well, that's a technical <laughs> term, I think. Yeah, right. as, as a linguist, that is actually Talking the word that's so used during you're, this you're a linguist. <laughs> Did you say that's that great. you're a gay Republican? Yes. So that would make uh, that would make you in, in Orleans Parish. Except, I mean, gay would blank out Republican. I would think. You'd be surprised in Orleans Parish. Gay doesn't really? block, gay doesn't gay blank doesn't out much of anything. No, it doesn't. No, I would think because no one's going to vote for Republican. Gay doesn't. Yeah, gay doesn't even blank out preacher here. I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's no one's going to vote for Republican here if they if they see that R after your name, are they? 
Oh, Unless. It's some some will, some won't. Well, and that's actually, um, that's, that's how we kind of ended up in this situation, is that uh, Drew and I were both the only two Republicans in the entire city council race. You're not, a, you're not a married I, couple as well, are No, you? Uh, Drew and I just met through the... the that would be really stuff. hilarious if you ended up being... Grinder, actually. I almost asked that earlier. Grinder. <laughs> 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 that would have been a real I, I coup. Actually, I kind of feel like, yes. like I'm, I'm, you know, the, the, the random straight guy here. You know, you're the like, token straight token guy. Man. But it does feel, I don't think the R... After the after the candidate's name necessarily w- would make me not vote for the candidate because I think the parties have gotten so polarized and it's, yeah, and yeah. it's become such a playground fight and it's like oh you're doing that I'm at, at the local level it has that. very very little relevance right. um, and I, I tell you the the local biggest level, challenge yeah. having the R really has been one um, not when you get in front of an audience to talk that it's about listening to the person but. As they say, having a, having an R or a red label in a blue town, yeah. the trick is getting to the audiences. Mm-hmm. And within this election, uh, it's been quite a bit of the calling around going, is there anything going on today? <laughs> because <laughs> everyone else you. is going like, why aren't you at blankety-blank? I'm like, what is that? That's and, Reed. Um, Reed yeah. screwed that up by not finding out about <laughs> yeah. that for you. But yeah. Jet, what, what's that guy, uh, Congressman Ahn did it. What was his name? Ahn Gow? Just Je- Gow, yeah. Chairman mm-hmm. Gow. Mm-hmm. He was elected as a Republican. Did you say Chairman Gow? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, right. he, got, he got elected here, and well, that was, he ran against... He ran against Bill Jefferson, of mm-hmm. course, which yes. you probably anyone was going to win against Bill Jefferson. Well, but still, he did yeah. get elected, though. Mm-hmm. He did get elected. And so I think, you um, could do it. Look, let's get back. Yeah. Let's get real here. You could get elected if you actually can deliver on knocking 300 bucks off my energy bill Heck yeah. every month. Well, God damn it. Who wouldn't vote for you? <laughs> that would be a very good thing, yeah. So how can, how can you get the message out? We've got both our listeners well, vote for you, I, I, I think the, 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 Yeah, exactly. The first plan was to come here and yeah. bring some free alcohol and talk yeah. to whoever's listening. Um, but the worst kind of interview. With yeah, free alcohol. exactly. Yeah. I, I think the real trick is to be very, very, very loud and say things that... No, but come on, Drew. Yeah, seriously, come on. How, how, I mean, I know we've had a couple of drinks here, but even so, how are you going to convince, even if you got elected, say you got elected, how are you going to convince the rest of the city council or the city or the whoever runs Entergy or whatever to change the whole system here? Because the numbers are that skewed and that obvious. And really the so trick is you not, make the yeah. point, people yeah. are going to just I, see I the logic. W- yeah. Well, when I saw your face when he said it, right. I went, right. okay, yeah. that's it. As soon as people yeah. discover that that's what's happening, it's going to erode. Right. It will happen. Well, I mean, look, you at, look at Stacey Head five years ago, you know, when she was still kind of the... I, I mean, think she she's still, still good looking. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, but <laughs> what she, do you mean five that, years but, you know, ago? No, 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 that no, that I mean, five years ago, she, you know, she brought that placard to the city council meeting and just raised all kinds of ruckus because she was like, look, here's the number that we're paying. Here's what Jefferson Parish is paying. Why on earth are these? This is twice the number here. Yeah. It makes no sense. We have, you know. Right. So, what, what was on? The, what number was on the price? That was, I think, the sewage and water board is, prices yes. between Jeff Parrish and Orleans. Mm-hmm. But that, from, my sewage yeah. and water board bill didn't go down. Did yours? No, it, no. it, it hasn't. But I tell you, it's um, and it's actually going up quite a bit. She did try to fight that, well, but, but it's, she um, didn't succeed. Yeah. However, we can reverse that because the sewage and water How? board. Well, because of property taxes. And I tell you, in ah, Orleans you Parish, get the property taxes this down. is a big thing, yeah. And oh, this is where please. you can, I've been saying that here in this, <laughs> okay, uh, this here you election. Go. I'm going to vote for you right now. If you, and I'm going to deliver three votes right at this table. Yep. If you can tell me now that we're going to get our well, property taxes reduced. We will well. get our property taxes reduced. And you know, and honestly, we can go to the cemetery because I hear in New Orleans, that's prime <laughs> voters. Lafayette <laughs> 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 number one, number two. I mean, hey. Uh, Just don't the paint family. them. Don't paint yeah. them. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> watching in new orleans uh the numbers are very very skewed and it's it's a cumulative effect of a hundred something years of someone at the state level passing exemptions to different things that we have to deal with at the local level now back when a lot of these were done 
Uh, they were at the legislative level giving exemptions for taxes for things that were paid for at the state level, roads and all that sort of stuff. When down here now, the, the shift has gone so that almost everything that runs a city or a parish is done at the local level. Okay. Most cities in the country get most of their tax revenue off of sales taxes mm -hmm. and a little bit off of property taxes and different things here. We get almost 70% of our income off the residents who live here. So 70%. 70%. So the, the sales taxes mostly come from the tourists, and they mostly pay for tourist things. Um, and most things, we don't have a lot, of, a lot of shopping here in New Orleans. It's retail. Most of our shopping is food-related, um, especially um, groceries. You don't really pay local taxes on groceries. So, yeah, really, we give most of our actual household goods type shopping to Jefferson Parish, and John Young is really appreciative of that. Right. Um, that's not necessarily going to change in, a, in the short term, but the, the good part is that we do get a little bit of benefit out of this because since most of the sales taxes pay for touristy things, the one benefit we do get is that the bulk of RTA funding comes from sales taxes. So we would not be able to have the streetcars and buses and all that, yeah. especially at the rate we do now, if it weren't for that. Because only, I think, 16 million of their funding actually comes from, from the fares you pay. Um, the bulk of our stuff here, though, comes from property taxes, the biggest chunk, then service fees, and that includes um, your garbage pickup. You know, Mayor Landry was bragging that he. Well, he, we're paying for yeah. that separately. Well, but it's. I'm paying you look 12 at it, bucks. Don't get me started. No, you're paying, you're paying no 24. Okay, I wanna you're paying 24, and that's the whole thing. 24, that sorry. Recently, Mayor Landry said, hey, guys, we did a good thing. We negotiated with Richards and Metro, and we're going to do it for the next three years. $16 a household. You mean we drove out Sydney Torres? Is that what you meant? Apparently, yeah. yeah. But if you go on to your bill that comes through Sewers and Water Board, you're paying $24 per household. $8. No for deal, garbage right? pickup yeah. only. And yep. not, not to flush the toilet. Glass. But, but Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I, I asked no, my, I'm so yeah. cranky about that. That's not recycling. They're, they're That's not a whole other issue. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, we're, we're transplants from California. Yeah. That's but just no, really it's, sticks it's, in it, my it, it's, For everybody here, we used to have a lot of that stuff too, but the whole thing is that it's not the $8. It's the fact that we have a $16 service that's provided by contractors, in other words, and that is the biggest contract in all of New Orleans. In other words, we, we pay this money out to somebody. They handle everything. We don't do anything with it. Yet, there's a 50% markup per household. So when you figure, don't think about it as an $8, think of it as a 50% markup. Now, if I wanted to take this nice $12.49 bottle of wine and sell it to you for $18, still a good deal, <laughs> but you're probably point. going still to... Be reads, uh, right, yes. yeah, but, but you're, you're probably going to go ahead and say, no thanks, and go over to Pearl and buy it for 12 Right. We don't get that option. So the whole thing is that they're making, again, 50% off something who's, they don't do anything who's for. Who's making this money? City. So the city's making General a fund. fortune out of, doing with out of the energy bill. They're making $300 bill, a month. Tox bill, AT&T bill, bill, AT bill, and water and water board. bill. When you think about sewage and water board, most people here thinking, you guys are probably the same, uh, that this, ex, this doubling of the sewage and water board rates, our bills basically, are to pay for new pipes. We need new pipes, right? Okay. It doesn't actually pay for new pipes. Hmm. If you read the proposal that was put forth, this uh, billion and I think 1.7 billion or whatever it is that it produces over the course of the time period they're doubling it was actually meant to quote pay for expected future increases in operating and um, like logistic costs. Bas basically, currently the sewage and water board spends around 30% of their budget on administrative and clerical workers, and especially the executive level. You know, the, their, their recent okay, we're getting, uh, we're getting yeah. bogged down. Well, so well, but the, whole, the whole thing with saying is tell us how you're going to get elected. Well, because I'm going, to show, I'm going to tell people like you guys that with Sewage and Water Board, 30% of their budget was going to personnel that were not actually fixing pipes. Right. And they had a $100, $100 million a year surplus for 10 years. And then they asked you for a billion dollars. $110 million surplus. I thought we were running out of money and yeah. they have to jack our rates up. That's just it. 100%. But those numbers were all out there. And so they doubled it. 
and that doesn't actually pay for the pipes. We still need another $3.4 billion to get new pipes. We haven't found that money yet. Same thing. So, you know, you're paying Keep more digging. for what? And, and that's, that's the whole thing. So really, this is about as far as how do we convince people? I just have to tell people and show you that it's but, out there. But are you the right yeah. messenger? Are they believing you? I mean, why aren't you? When why aren't you on on the you know on, on the news every night? Good question. And if you will call up, the um, if you will call up the Times Pick and uh, other places that are some seemingly not covering District well, A's race, I'd be glad. Yeah, to I would uh, say that, that's, probably the, that's probably the, the man. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the big thing. Is it? Yeah. You know what? What you? And I'm just going to toot his horn for a second. Um, you know, when when you check out like, like the advocate articles, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> lots of lots of tooting over here. You know, when you read the the advocate. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm lost. I'm off. Um, you read the advocate. <laughs> you're so we read the advocate. You read, yeah. you read, you read the Times pick. You know, they, they've actually they've been they've been very very supportive of Drew. Um, mm-hmm. But the the thing about it is nobody's covering District A. Just because, yeah. I guess we're because we're because they think Susan Gidry is going to win. The, and everybody most, kind well, of assumes by the time that a lot of people are listening yeah. to this podcast because people listen to this for God only knows how long after we've <laughs> yeah. recorded it. That's sometimes right. years later. But that actually you, you're going to either yeah. be the mayor of the city or you're going to have lost. Oh, I hope I'm not the mayor of the city. <laughs> well, uh, my goal is to have – I want to have two terms in City Hall to change everything the way that it needs to be so that New Orleanians are no longer relegated to the role of spectator in their own city while someone else rebuilds it for someone else. And then I want to look forward to the day where I can say, guys, good job, go to hell, I'm going home. And, and live <laughs> in a city, though, that is not broken and perpetually broken. Because when it all comes right. down to it, I've, I got some, some sort of flack and press for saying when, uh, on my first – uh, forum that you know they asked all the candidates what are your top three priorities in your district and for each one i was the last person to speak and went down the line roads education crime crime education jobs crime education roads street light you know but those all in the sign and and when it got to me i just said you know okay well number one poverty number two poverty and number three poverty right. because We're at the end of the day Everything else we're trying to fix, especially when it comes to crime, education, all that. They're all Democrats, and you're the Republican. It's really crazy, right. isn't it? Yeah. That, uh, is that is weird. Yeah, well, that's what's funny is that's actually how he and I like kind of found common ground. Like, yeah. You know, we, we kind of knew that we would be splitting the Republican votes. One of us was going to have to step down. Well, it, when we got to the subject of poverty, that that's kind of that hey, how did you decide which one was going to step down? Did you have like toss a coin or have a fight? Rock paper scissors. Yeah. 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 Well, like Thunderdome. Indian wrestling. Thunderdome. Indian wrestling. <laughs> Thunderdome. Awesome. How did you decide that? Really? How did you decide which would be the best candidate? Well, I, I think the, the he, biggest he's part. He's probably of actually the best candate. Look at this guy. No, yeah. from, no, from a politician Seriously, standpoint, I mean, yeah. you know, he's got the time. Big old country boy here, you know, from the coast. <laughs> he, uh, where, where played Mississippi where State and all that, where, you know. You but, played Mississippi State. Well, but I, I did. I played football, football at Mississippi State. What yeah. position? Was uh, outside linebacker. Really? Yeah. Translation: yeah. He's a Republican. He fits the mold. But, but now, but, yeah. but Drew's actually got something that I'm a little jealous of. He's actually retired military. So ah, uh, that's very good. So yeah, retired so, military. Well, what did you do? In the well, you know, it's really funny because it, it, from a guy standpoint, you know, when you when you get to a certain year of age, you kind of have to pick. You either gonna are gonna play yeah. sports or you're gonna go into the military. I, that there's a third option now, of course. But you know, for the longest time, that was what's the third option? If you're a good, if you're a good Southern man, that was you, know, you picked one or two. Is that and right? So, really? Well, I mean, for is that I, how you grew up? In, where did you grow up? In Mississippi? I grew up on the coast, so I grew up an hour away from out of New Orleans. So all yeah. my famous here, where, you know, where in New Louisiana, uh, Pascrochian. Pascrochian. Okay. Oh, yeah. What about you, so, Drew? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Alexandria, Louisiana. It's about two and a half hours from here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how, how, when did you move down to New Orleans? I moved down here after the army, so 2003. Went yeah. to Tulane and all that. So what did um, you do in the army? All kinds of things, uh, mostly uh, IT security and um, various things that require you to jump out of a helicopter and do things that you can't figure out how to put on your resume. But, you know, I have figured out, though, for years I've said, you know, where am I going to figure out how to, on my resume, put, I have these skills, I can go, like, 
troubleshoot, find problems, and, and set up teams to fix them while getting shot at. And then I said, you know what? Politics. I'm hey, running for politics in New Orleans. And that's the That should be your TV shoot. spot. It took, it took me shoot. 10 years to find a place to apply those skills. <laughs> That's the TV. Are you making yeah. a TV spot for me? Uh, actually, no, we're not. Everything's been yeah. kind of grassroots at the moment. It's, it's funny. February first is the election, and yeah. put a camera this will be an around. this will be an entirely new uh, race once February second right. hits. It will be an because, entirely new race because it'll be a runoff. You mean right? Right. Exactly. And we get to talk about more issues. So, so how many people yeah. are running in the in the currently first there are round? there are four five, people running against her. I think so yeah. The incumbent. Yeah. The incumbent and then and then four people. Yeah. And so the are any of them serious? Contenders? Well, I hope I am. I mean, um, other than you. Yeah, I will. I'm not sure. I, I think that uh, Jason Coleman is probably got the, the, the best chance as far as everyone else. I think um, the issue, though, is that regardless of, of chances and regardless of what they're doing, every single person running against the incumbent is running for a passionate reason because yeah. they want to see something change, mm. and they're really fighting, and they're fighting with all their might to get a, a message out there. And I think as long as it's happening, you know, we win. And so um, especially, you know, I don't necessarily think maybe only one of us can get to a runoff, obviously, and get you know take on the candidate. But at the same time, just the fact that we have people willing to fight and get out there is great. And I tell you that the experience I've had, and the experience Reed, Reed encountered too, is that when he said grassroots, what that means in Republican speak is broke. And so, um, <laughs> you know, people think of uh, politics, and they think, of, especially when you're Republican, that you're gonna, you have lots of money and you come into everything like that. You know. Personally, I had to you know give up my income for six months or whatever, and, and you really kind of what you know, were you get doing? Broke. You were a linguist. Well, see, I'm not. I'm How not, much of an income? Could well, you I'm a linguist good? and I'm also a writer, but I'm not the sexy kind of writer where people say, "Oh, you do screenplays." Let me <laughs> tell you about it. I am the kind of writer that says I write grammar books, and they say, "Oh." <laughs> no, are you kidding? And no, then that's I've just seen that. someone over that's there. I know. The Excuse no, me. Exactly. You write so. grammar. Books. Tell me about that Oxford comma. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many grammar books are there out there? I mean, how many necessary to rewrite the grammar? There are too many of them. There, there. Um, what I do more than anything else, my specialty is the English language, which is weird in linguistics. Um, but it's the single most commonly taught language in the world, both as a as a primary language and a secondary language. So I don't see why it doesn't need to get the focus, but. If you remember when you were in school and your you know, second grade, third grade teacher was telling you, hey, open your grammar books. Now, here's the rule, and these are the exceptions to the rule. Well, I get rid of the exceptions because if anyone who ever remembers any kind of science class and you studied scientific method, if you have exceptions to your rule or if your rule doesn't work 100% of the time, the answer is always, well, you got it wrong. Go back and try again. So you're a really sort of contrary kind of thinker. Well, same to you, man. Well, <laughs> you've, got, you've got all these, you've got all these sort of, uh, you know, counterpoint theories about everything, like the sewage and water board and mm -hmm. the energy and even grammar. Well, I, I look for patterns, <laughs> and I, I can't help but do that because I'm like the fielder, man. If you spend years at a time staring at thousand-year-old biblical texts in different languages to look for something you don't even know what you're looking for, you're just looking to see, it doesn't take very long to be able to search things out on Google and find the patterns. And in New Orleans, the patterns are all there. The money's being wasted. You seem to be overqualified <laughs> for this thing. Well, you seem, I mean, the more that you yeah, talk, the more so you sound sort of like a genius. Are you super smart? Did you go to like a fancy Ivy League school or anything? I went to Tulane. I mean, I, um, that's pretty I, good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I went to Harvard for a little while, but it took a hurricane to get me there. You went so to Harvard. But that was oh, you got kicked a, because of you had for Katrina. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, again, I don't. But I don't still, think you can still say you went to Harvard. That's I can, funny. but at the same time, I have to pin that with it took right. the largest natural disaster in American <laughs> history. <to get> me <laughs> there. So I mean, there, there, there's some split sides to it, but um, I don't think any really, really where you go to school or anything else really matters so much. And um, I think really. 
the answers in New Orleans, the data, everything, it's, it's simple. And it's, it's there to find it. The whole point, though, is that there's been a lot of people who, even if they were well-meaning when they ran for office, got in there, got comfortable, and maybe they weren't that interested in finding it anymore. Yeah, but when you're talking about getting into office with a revolutionary idea like getting rid of halving our utility bill mm -hmm. and halving our property taxes? Actually, more where's than half. Where's the money all going to come from to run the city? Well, if you look at our property taxes, that's the biggest thing because currently over 65% of the property in New Orleans is exempt from taxation. Is that right? Over 65%? Uh -huh. How can we get that? Really? Uh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. You form a nonprofit. And uh, yeah, New Orleans, we've we got some two weird things that you hear here. We hear, <laughs> we hear one that... MyHeartProductions.org. DrewWar.org. Come on. And so, um, yeah, we have a situation here where, especially post-Katrina, one, the, the city, the local government, is supposed to be the facilitator of the economy. But they are the biggest economic sector themselves here. And the city itself. The city itself. And the second sector beyond that, and this is before we get to the, the port and movies and everything else like that, is the, what they call the, you know, the non-profit industry. These are two words that are not supposed to go together. Right. Mm -hmm. The non-profit uh, industry. Yeah, these, these two things shouldn't be in the same sentence. And um, we have basically a fleet of non-profits, well-meaning people that set them up, well-meaning people here that are working with them. But we have a lot of non-profits that exist to deal with the results of poverty and the effects of it and they treat different things, but we're in a situation where there's so much that's taken out of the tax base because of the nonprofit status that much of the poverty wouldn't exist in the first place if they were not, ex if they were not exempted. Wow, what it. a great conundrum yeah. that is. So it, the, the, real, the, real, the real question in this, and the real people who have to decide what they want are not so much the voters and not so much anybody else, it's the people making $80,000 a year running a nonprofit we have to decide well, if their job's worth more Okay, so presumably, this is a tough question for you, but you know their names, I assume, right? I mean, um, they must be registered. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the so why don't we list their names? Why don't we buy an ad in the Times Picayune, the Advocate, or oh, they're, whatever, they're and list the here. names of these people who need to be? Well, I mean, the, it's all around. Run out, of, run out of the town. Well, they're not. They just mean run out of the town, but they just well, need to find their job. place. Um, well, who the, are they? I mean, do you know who they are? The biggest. Okay, I'll tell you. The biggest exempted property owner in the parish is Tulane. The next biggest <laughs> is the Archdiocese. Why should Tulane be exempt from paying property taxes? Good question. What's the reason? Because it's an educational institution. Yeah. They're charging $60,000 a student yep. to go there. But All these kids you see running around yeah. are paying $60,000. It's not a non-profit. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. a well, And even beyond that. No, it's not a non-profit, but it's an educational institution. So right. maybe that. Yeah. Well, that, and, and there are lots of, they, there exemption. are different exemptions and they come from different places. Tulane's is, is a particular one that comes from it having originally been the primary university that was state-owned. But when it comes down to it, even uh, there's one rel revelation that people are not aware of that's coming after the election. And so I'll go ahead and put it out there. Armageddon? Yes, because <laughs> the, the, uh, the reason the this, 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 this Armageddon is coming is because that if you look at the state constitution, um, it, the, I think it's chapter 7 maybe, the one that actually, or article 7, that actually d that lays out exemptions and things like that. Legalized marijuana? Uh, it, well, that apparently, okay. hey, even now Bobby Jindal was talking about lighting one up earlier. Right. So, but it, the thing is, is he really? that, trying to yeah, it he up was a earlier bit. a little bit, yeah. So, I mean, so but the thing about that is, you know, the really weird part is that if you look at the law, we actually have legalized medical marijuana in New Orleans already, but it's just nobody's been acting on it. Um, but in, um, Where yeah, do we it's, buy it's, it? It's, it's on the books and been there for years, and there's actually even the state pharmacy board has directives on how to deal this with guy it. Is the best this the guy shine. is the best yeah. guy. We need to hang out with uh, All you have to do is, is read, guys. It's there. But, um, but the real thing, though, is that 
the, the tax assessor is directed the by the Constitution, though, that only when it comes to exempt purposes, churches, Merit. religious activities, businesses. Okay, what's um, the tsunami that? that's coming? Well, the tsunami is that only those portions of property owned by a, an exempt entity, a nonprofit or school or something, that are used, I think it's an 80 or 85% threshold, solely for the exempt purpose. So delivering religious services, teaching students, only those portions are actually exempt from taxes. So if you look at it, in these nice big churches, like say on St. Charles here, that has half a city block right next to a park or something like that, huge, really expensive property, and they have a single sanctuary that is actually, that's the only thing that's solely used for churchy things, that roughly equates to 10% of the property. So suddenly a, 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 an entity that okay. is exempted fully may have to pay 90% of what the taxes would be on their half city block on St. Charles. But this is somewhere, this is like a time bomb waiting to go yeah, off after yeah. the election because it's, nobody wants yeah. to talk about it before well, exa the Exactly. Well, you. and actually probably they just didn't want people talking, period, because it's one of these things that it's the law and it's laid out in the Constitution. There's nothing we can do about it. It is, it should have been happening already and it is a, it's a thing that the law actually prescribes so that there's nothing a city council or anybody else right. can do about it. Okay, so you've got it. all these incredible things to yeah. say. Reed, you're, you're the marketing <laughs> guy here. Why, why do we have to sit around in a bar you know, here? To why, why haven't we heard about this? What are, what well, are you, I what mean, are you doing to get this guy out there? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's the same reason you, haven't, you, know, you, you had four or five other candidates jump into the race at the very last minute. It's because no one thought that anyone was going to run against Susan Guidry and that everything it was going to, yeah. you know, the status quo was going to stay as is. But then all of a sudden you've got this little tiny three-day window of not, you know, being able to, to be, yeah. you know, in the actual race. And all these people jumped up and they all had good reasons. They all, and it, what's funny mm -hmm. is that everybody is... Everybody has a platform that's entirely different, but that is all well-meaning. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got one guy that is just running strictly on roads. You've got, you know, obviously running on poverty. You've got one, you know, the, all these different topics and all these things yeah. that are not being addressed. So this is one of those issues that just falls under that blanket. It's just no one's touching, no one's going to talk about. And then, when it, you know, when it comes to a head and they have to address it, it's going to be like, oh, well, we didn't have a say in the matter. You know, it was, yeah. oh, this well, is, this was this coming is, anyway. This is too so. big for District A, this conversation. This well, is a ma you know, yeah. mayoral but conversation. This is the thing with New Orleans that's interesting, though, is that every city council person votes on everything. Thank you. And uh, so you have seven people, basically, even though they're divided into five districts and two at large, but everybody votes on everything. So yeah. you really, the city is electing seven people right. to be their legislative body. And the whole thing is that there's a lot to that, but... It shows a little bit in the fact that Reed was talking about, everybody hopped in last minute, the nature, the kind of really closed nature of our politics here and the fact that people are fairly excluded from the process both during the government, during the run-up to things and all that. And I'll tell you that, you know, Reed and I, you know, we were together originally on this thing running against each other and are just running basically. We never really got to the against each other part. But also there were five or six other people that I heard were going to run. I'd call them up and talk to them and eventually, you know, so they would kind of come on board too beforehand. So there was a lot of interest and, and anytime you have this much interest both before an election especially you have you know five people in a single race for city council during election it really alludes to something being more than just happy you know people around and what's really killed us more than anything in this race and i think the other races too is that uh, our particular uh, opponent miss gidry she commissioned a poll of 600 people private polling firm she paid for it in june and they handpicked 600 voters out of a 70,000 person district and said, you know, what do you think? Do you know this person's name? And got 70% of people said, yep, we know who she is. And out of those, I think another like 55 or something like that said, yeah, she's okay. And so those numbers from six months ago when no one else was running, done in-house by campaign, paid for, very small number, have been basically used by 
the Times pick advocate everybody since then to refer to her as safe seat, high approval rating, good numbers, mm -hmm. and everyone else is a, a long shot or something like that. And so they, they've done more to kind of lose us the race than they win it. But at the same time, though, people are listening more despite that than so because it. Yeah, and I think you've got that, you know, New Orleans people are uh, we're, we're so we're so whitewashed to all uh, constant elections. You know, we just voted on the the bridge toll, and we just voted for a judge, and we just you know, it's a constant election that's going on. That sounds much better when I like actually get up yeah, to the mic. Nice, better. Yeah. nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, crazy. You know, that. Going on there. It's crazy how that works. Um, you know, uh, and it's one of those things. It's it's just like you know we are constantly hearing about it, and so you know we've got this election cycle of two months that's over the Christmas holiday and the New Year's holiday, and so by the time this thing finally, you know actually gets to the part where people are really paying attention. We've got maybe a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, and we're like, for, what's going on? What are we voting on? I didn't, on? Said, yeah. everyone's I didn't know there was an election, really. Yeah, exactly. Right. I told you you were coming on. And it was so. set up like that. It was, we can you know, barely find our polling place. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have to start right after what Christmas. Is, what is District that, A, yeah. in case anyone actually District is listening to this? District A starts at voice. Jefferson Avenue in the river, goes up to, um, I think, Fountain Blue, cuts over to Carrollton Avenue, goes up to I-10, cuts back a few blocks, back toward downtown from Carrollton Avenue, then eventually gets up to Bayou St. John and goes all the way to the lake. So in other words, wow, in other okay. words, uptown, Carrollton, yeah. Lakeview. Yeah, exactly. It's Parts of Mid-City yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. That's very sure. good. Okay, I'm afraid we're, we're out of time, right. and we never really got onto the whole, you know, it's lesbian right. red state. We have to do that another day, I guess. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll come we'll back. We'll be back. Well, are you going to help Drew get elected? Because I think Wait, he, he Republican, needs lesbian campaigners and detectives. <laughs> these two, these two are technically uh, Democrats. Well, technically, we are Democrats. <laughs> But technically, but if, but yeah. if he can get our taxes knocked in half, oh. he can get our electricity bill knocked Maybe in half. Maybe I'll cross the street. That's, a, he can that's make what I'm saying. Cross the street. Hell, yeah. I'll cross yeah. the street. Okay, <laughs> let's meet in the middle of the street. Yeah, I was married to a man first. You know, right there wow. you go. Yeah. Oh, whole different conversation. Okay, right? let's. Yeah. We're gonna, we'll just, we'll, I'll, we can stay here for another hour. Hugo doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't mind. Do tell. Hey, let him. <laughs> what would you tell him to do, though? I mean, you guys are award-winning screenwriters. What and would he, I tell and, him and, to do? And read, oh, and read's a marketing he guy. Need, he doesn't need we my got, advice. We've got like one minute. He does because we need to get the message out. If this is true, if you're not just making this up and you're just crazy, if you Look, can really... If I am making it up, it's a really effective spell, right? Facebook. I mean, really. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, bought into it right away. I'm, not, get, the I'm new, not kidding. The new Facebook. grassroots is social media. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Social you know, media. It's funny. I got, I got yelled at. Well, I, I got trolled on, on a NOLA.com article because a, a woman had met me and the first thing she said, oh, yeah, I met him. He's really nice. But uh, he thinks he's going to win this using, you know, the internet. Yeah, and I, I really thing. wanted to respond. I was like, "There's no winning when you fight a, an internet troll." But you know, it, it was one of those things. Is like she was really appalled, and I, all I wanted to say is like, "Hey, at least you met me." You know, like, yeah. there's a pretty good there's a yeah, pretty right, person there. So, right. so you talking uh, about a grassroots campaign from Facebook too? Oh, absolutely, and Twitter, totally, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Sit down and make yeah. a video mm. of yourself. You know the yeah, what's we, that well, site Upworthy? They have you okay. know a couple of guys. We've, who we've are done pretty a few. We had about three thousand hits off of a video about the noise ordinance last. Last week, and that actually, oh, was, we were told, was that y'all? That was mm. us, and that we were told Dude, that probably actually. I spread that all over my Facebook. Mm -hmm. Well, that was me and my goofy, you know, friends doing a video there, and, and, that, right. and so we were told that likely probably was the reason that we went from on a Saturday having seven city council people saying we are going to do a noise ordinance, to on a Monday saying you know half of them going eh, I'm on the fence, to right. Thursday, two of them saying. We heard this is really not a good idea, yeah. and so that that can get out there. Wow. The trick is just yes. getting. I would out do there. that yeah. for every yeah. one of your issues that don't stand in accordance with everybody else's, right. and so we'll every, yeah. spread so the every word. Every issue, basically. Yeah. You talk where. <laughs> okay. It's so simple. You talk where people are listening. Mm -hmm. So the candidate's name is Drew Ward. 
and he's running in District A, if you're living in District A. If you listen to this after the election's already over and you've already won, congratulations, Drew. That's a great. I'm glad that you won. If you didn't win, I'd like to hear what you're going to do next, actually, because you have to do something with all this information. I'm going to keep yelling. I've, uh, I've gone out to enough places and met enough people, not so much in District A as much as just citywide, that need a voice and need this message right. to get out there. And so... Just as I've been asked, I've got to get, I've got to get this message out there as well. The Pearl Wine Buy Company wine. gave us this bottle of wine today. <laughs> uh, the Pearl Wine Company is at 3700 Orleans Avenue in the American Can Company. We're going to open from noon till midnight every day except Sunday when they open from noon till 8 p.m. Also, Petite Pet Dog Care. I mean, that's not true. This is Petite Pet Care. Petite Pet Care is dog walking and pet sitting and loving care when you're not there. If you want someone to look after your pet for you like you would, but you can't be there, give them a call at 309PET or look at them on petitepetcare.com on the internet. If you're an iPhone user, check out the podcast app Swell. It's a new awesome, it is a brilliant app actually. You have to check it out. It's like oh, Pandora, it? but for podcasting. That's cool. So I'm it thinking goes like out a, and a, finds a you podcast awesome pod- of petite oh, lesbian like dog detectives like investigating wine. We're in. You're yeah. on. Yeah. I've got another great idea for a story as well. <laughs> Thank you, Drew Ward. <laughs> Reed Stone as well joined us as well as Nancy Lee and Paige. Bernhardt and Anthony Meyer. What do you call yourself, Mr. and Mrs. Meyer or Mrs. and we Mrs. Mrs. No, Bernhardt? We, really. we didn't change our names. We're writers. We never change our names. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Well, what That's we did is we formed a production company called My Heart. My Heart. And the show's called Nikki, Nikki and, and Nora, Nora. N-I-K-K-I and Nora, N-O-R-A. My Just partner Google and I, Travis, and determined that um, the best word to use is cohort. 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 My cohort. Okay, very nice. Well, maybe if you guys Slightly get married, devious, you, can, you know. if you guys get married, you can come on uh, again yeah. with the you know we'll have the married <laughs> couple. mischief. What's another right, word exactly. for bachelor? Is there is there spinster? No. But that's for a woman. That sounds squire on the market, oh, babe. <laughs> yeah, Reed Stone joined us as well. Yeah, the Reed, word for bachelor eligible is Reed Stone. R E I D S E. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate, he's very handsome. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Owner who booked the music on this week's show, but Chris. Lee, who was supposed to be the musician on the show, didn't show up, strangely enough. The theme song you're currently hearing was written and is being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes the best audio recording and live sound products you can ever buy in the whole history of the world, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Aero Studio monitors, and much more. PreSonus.com has all the information for that. If you'd like to be on our show, you can drink a bottle of wine and a few cocktails at Hugo made with some sort of ice. What is that? Iced tea tequila. It's, it's good. It's, it's good. Really good. It's home really of, good. Home of random good things. Yeah, you go. Drop, us a, drop us a line if you want to so join us on our show. Our address is on our website. You can check out other happy hours there as well as Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Vietnam or our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with the Vietnamese Terry Gross. Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss, the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. Keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, a bunch of other times, sucking social media. On all of it, where it's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel. Thanks, Douglas. If you listen to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Swell, or some other podcast app, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment to rate and review us. It only takes about five seconds. That does help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Boulevard. Casa Borrega is a bar, a nightclub, and a restaurant. Check them out on Facebook and Twitter or just come on down and take a chance. Happy Hours of Production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Andrew Duhon, is off in LA winning a Grammy. He'll be back next week. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much on behalf of all of us for joining us here on Happy Hour. We'll see you back next time. Sponge. 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 S